Hello, all you hoteliers out there, and welcome to episode 196 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMeo, and today, along with our co-host, Phil Fariska, we're going to be harvesting up some healthy, organic, farm-to-table resort marketing, and I think that will leave you full and feeling good about your day. And Phil, (laughs) tell me, who doesn't want to feel good about their day? (laughs) I certainly do. I know you do. I think this is the the first two-man show, isn't it? It is. It's weird. It's not only weird because it's the first two-man show. Is I'm having to drink this gross morning beverage for some reason while we're recording the podcast, and it makes no sense to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, really missing the beer during the podcast, but coffee's going to have to do for nine thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's 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 painful. Just because like I, I like to have you know some start to my day, and just jumping right into having to tell all of our listeners about great hotel stuff is. It's more of a challenge. So, so if you're listening to this and, and it's, your, it's your morning as well, uh, uh, cheers to your coffee and, and let's see how this goes. We got a good show today, though. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. This was uh, this was an article from my beautiful fiance Alyssa, and I'm stealing it and creating a podcast out of it. So we're gonna go through a few of the things from her article. If you want to see the whole thing, you can visit our site at travelboommarketing.com and and read the who, what, when, where, and why of hotel website redesign. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So so you're a hotel marketing expert, and your wife or your fiance is a hotel marketing expert. I don't understand how this could happen. How'd you guys yeah. meet? <laughs> Just so happens to be at work. What? I thought that was frowned upon. Not here. Not here, no. <laughs> that's how that's how we roll at Travel Boom. All right, but before we get into the, the big topic of if it's time to redesign your hotel website, we've got an item in the news that I think is pretty awesome. And because it's just Phil and me, I guess I have to sing the new song again. So here we go. <laughs> With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for news a There you go. I my, it. my daughter's I just finishing cheer camp, so that's it. And homage to, to her having to go every day and learn how to improve her cheer style. <laughs> True girl dad right there. Yeah. You guys don't see it, but I actually had pom-poms. I was waving in the air, too. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, and my little cheerleader skirt is pretty. <laughs> but yeah, so we got the one news item. Phil, I found this one, but why don't you take it since it's sure. right up your wheelhouse? Yeah, so uh, Google has rolled out, I guess officially, their three-strike policy. Uh, so this is this is for, for ad accounts. Um, if you violate their policies three times, you get suspended. But we'll go into a little more detail about that. So right now... Um, the penalties are only applicable to three categories, uh, enabling dishonest behavior, unapproved substances, and dangerous products or services. So, you know, these are policies that kind of monitor deceptive behavior, hacking, spyware, drugs, weapons. Um, but, you know, don't assume Google's going to leave it at that. They've already said that they're going to expand this to to uh, other categories as well. Um we don't know when, but it's it's inevitable. Um, this scares me uh, as well as other marketers um, because we've seen the issues that Google has with algorithmic disapprovals. 
they're they're not smart about it. Um, it just they policies comes through the algorithm reads through your ads and if something triggers it, you get kicked off. For instance, we've we've been we've been flagged and disapproved for silly things like you know sexual content for running ads uh, for a you know a hotel in Intercourse PA or coming Georgia these things just get flagged and they're disapproved <laughs> and it's like hey that's the name of the town i didn't name it and you know, that's it's a problem but yeah. that's, that's the type of that's the type of stuff we're facing and we could we could receive a strike from that um, well, well to, so, and to be fair you don't actually receive a strike for that what you do is you get a warning and if you are a continual or habitual violator then you start getting strikes I do like how they have the ability to appeal and state your case because in cases like, you know, intercourse PA, there's nothing wrong with advertising that you have to get past the algorithmic hurdle to to show the ad. However, as these strikes are coming up and these warnings, what happens to your campaign if it's a well-running ad that also is just taken down algorithmically? How quickly are they going to allow you to? fight that decision right we i mean we don't know what how long appeals are going to take right it it's kind of up to 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 google to decide you know how long the the appeal takes and how long your ads down also what scares me is you know say i have three ads running for intercourse pa well do my three ads then count as three strikes that's not clear either you know how many strikes are you going to get for you know, basically the same violation, but happening multiple times. Um, That's a good point. And, and how often do they look at it? Because it, you have a, a warning. And if you continue to get warnings, obviously every 90 days, those start becoming strikes. But your point is well made. What happens when I get a warning for, you know, one ad, I get a uh, strike for the next one? I mean, could I be looking at three strikes in one campaign over the course of a week, all related to the same issue? Yeah, and and so the way the way the strikes work, so like Pete said, you get a warning first, and then within ninety days, if you violate the same policy, then you get your first strike. Within ninety days of your first strike, you do it again, or violate any policy, you get a second strike, and then you know, and within ninety days of your second strike, if you violate another policy, you get a third strike. So strike one is a temporary hold for three days. Strike two is a seven-day temporary hold, and strike three is a, an account suspension. Now, like we said, you can appeal those, but we don't know how the appeal process is going to work, and you know how quickly they can move on that. So, how long your your ad account could be suspended is kind of still up in the air, even though they put those you know three days, seven days, you know, full suspension uh, yeah. on the strikes. But beyond that, it's it's not just you know, the sexual content that Phil's referring to. But for instance, one of our clients has a, a major casino and we're constantly having to fight battles where, you know, ads are being disapproved that they're thinking you're talking about online gaming versus a actual brick and mortar casino. So you're constantly having to do these battles and it makes it difficult because if you're selling or promoting a legal product, I really dislike that Google's trying to become the morality police of what should and shouldn't be shown. If you're running the campaign the right way, only people searching for that specific item would be seeing it anyway. Yeah, and we've we've run into issues with um, you know uh, hotels that are on wineries. You know that it's a it's a 
in in a winery and because there's like you know there's there's wine on a site people shown drinking wine like we're not allowed to to uh, target certain things or or run certain ads and it's it's kind of silly um i i'm not a huge fan of of their policies but you know we, we have to play their game right they're they're google they make the rules and we're we're here just to give them money <laughs> so yeah, pr- yeah, pretty much it's, it's uh we've talked about them being the 800 pound gorilla in the room and there's really nothing that you can do or i guess 800 pound elephant what is it it's an 800 pound gorilla okay but the, the, ele- elephant the elephant in the room is the thing you don't want to talk about <laughs> yeah that's right so, so bing is the the elephant in the room that nobody talks about but google's <laughs> the the gorilla i got it well good deal yeah so this is something that we're going to want to keep an eye out this is a brand new policy for Google. So we'll have to see how it all shakes out. But until then, just keep running the best campaigns we can. And if something's converting and doing well, most likely it's on the up and up and you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, and, and what we always recommend, um, you can you can submit appeals already for disapprovals through Google um, just by clicking on the ad and saying, you know, appeal. Um, that's, that's, not a, that's not hard to do, but if you have a disapproval that is obviously, you know, a mistake, I highly recommend you get your uh, account strategist or Google account strategist involved immediately. Um, they are better at escalating these issues and getting these disapprovals handled quickly. Um, so if you don't have a Google account strategist, um, you can come talk to us. Uh, but if you do, I, and, and this happens to you, I recommend getting them on the phone immediately. Well, and you also do have a Google strategist. You may not realize it. Even with the smallest campaigns, you have the ability to schedule a meeting and they'll walk you through. They're, they're going to try to upsell you, but you can always get some feedback and talk to somebody, which is nice. All right. All right. So how's that, how's that big sip of coffee feel? Uh, it wasn't a beer. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump over to our next segment, which is a, a pretty cool one. We started doing this a couple episodes ago, and it's called 60 Seconds to Success. And we're going to have a real quick marketing tip for you that we found worked really well for our clients and something that you may want to do as well. So this one's one I came up with based on some recent client work, and I want to share it with everybody. So I'm going to put on the timer right now, and it's going. So here it is. Audit your mobile and desktop booking process. Better yet, get with people who are not familiar with your hotel or resort and have them take five minutes and try to book a room. Actually, go through the entire process, even up to and through booking the room, and just make sure you refund their credit card. And I guarantee that you're going to find, I would say at least one, but you'll probably find at least 10 ways that you can improve improve that conversion rate. And one example, we had three or four people review a, a booking process and we had about nine pages with screenshots of recommendations, tweaks, and little things that would be completely ignored otherwise. If you're used to your booking engine, you know how to what to click on and you know how to change dates. You know what rates to look for. But if you are new to the process, you'll be very confused and you have a lot of issues. And 60 seconds. Nice. So that's the tip, Phil. Any any feedback you have? That'll be off the clock, so you're not going to get penalized oh, okay. or okay. or get a strike if you go beyond sixty. <laughs> no, I think this is this is extremely helpful. Get somebody who 
is not getting somebody who's not familiar with the site or as familiar as you are with the site uh, to go through that process. Like Pete said, you're going to end up with pages of recommendations and just watching the hiccups of people who have never gone through your process before. Uh, it's it's invaluable. Um, definitely, definitely take that 60 second tip and, and run with it. There you go. All right. So that takes us right into the meat of episode 196 which is 10 reasons to redesign your hotel's website. And I mean, did you con- try to convince Alyssa to be on this episode or not? Yeah, she says she hates the sound of her own voice and she doesn't want it to be on the podcast. So I said, well, <laughs> fine, I'm taking your epi- I'm taking your article, turning it into an episode and I'll do it for you. So All right, here well, we are. We're going to give you full credit for this and <laughs> I'm going to log into Travel Boom's admin and I'm going to change the author of this article over to Phil. You're trying to you're trying to start an issue, Pete. <laughs> I am. <laughs> no, it's it's all fun. So, all right, you want you ready to dive right in? Yeah. So we got ten things. We're gonna go, we're gonna do the old school number one 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 one. So, of all the reasons to redesign your hotel website, number one is age. Um, this isn't a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Uh, you need to be redesigning your website. We recommend every two to three years you're you're redesigning your website, getting a new website, um, just to make sure you stay equal with the competition or better, um, able to keep up with industry standards, keeping clean code. Uh, the age of your website is probably the easiest <laughs> easiest indicator to say, all right, it's time to get a new one. Yeah, and let's take a step back here for just a second to kind of set everything up here. We understand that building a website and rolling out a new website is expensive in both the monetary cost of it and the time cost, but time goes by pretty quickly. So you might be happy with the website. You might be getting complacent that everything is working okay, but what happens over time is you think it's working okay, but things have moved on. Your competition is getting better. They're putting out a better product. and if you're not keeping up and trying to stay on that cutting edge, you're gonna find that you'll think your website is the same website that you launched five, six years ago, but it is not. It would not be acceptable to launch the site that you had six years ago today. And if you look at it through that lens, it'll make it very clear that, hey, this site's old and it's not necessarily broken, but the reality is it's on its last legs. It's probably a little bit broken. You just don't realize it yet. Definitely. So yeah, so right. that's kind of going there for for the age side at least. All right, cool. Next is number two. New industry standards. Uh, this is this is definitely one of those reasons to redesign your website, especially if it's a few years old and the industry moves quickly. I mean, we're looking at. Google algorithm changes, uh, things like the the huge change of the page experience update that that we did an entire podcast on. Um, this this type of stuff that Google's constantly rolling out new changes, and not only Google, it's not even from just the the search side. If we look at the legal side, um, things like ADA compliance, CCPA, WCAG, all all of those all of those legal issues that that go along with this. Um, industry standards change constantly and if your website's not able to keep up time to redesign yeah and and that's one of the ones that you don't realize that it's not changing either but it's going to hurt you 
like like Phil, like you said, across the board from a search ranking perspective, performance, uh, to the point where if you're not adhering to those best practices from an ADA and legal perspective, you could actually be in some hot water in terms of having to pay some attorneys to get things fixed because you were constantly living under the if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. All right. So, hey, do we want to go like back and forth and back and forth on this one, Phil? Sure. All right, well, cool. So number three, 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 three. This one is performance. And this one's so, so important. So it's like, do you know what your hotel KPIs look like? And are you meeting those goals? And looking and seeing is the performance that you had when you launched your website good? But how is it right now? What has changed? And I think some of the things that you really want to look at is, you know, things that are more important now than ever. Sites. Oh, I said now more than ever. Uh, take a drink of coffee, Phil. Yeah. Uh, site speed. You know, is that site fast enough in 2021 that it needs to be, or are you still, you know, measuring it compared to what you would have been acceptable back in, you know, 2015? So pre-page experience that, update. Oh gosh, and if you have a slow site, it is going to affect everything down the line. We know for a fact that pages with that load in with less than two seconds have a mm-hmm. bounce rate of 9% roughly. However, if you have a page that loads five or more seconds, your bounce rate is going to skyrocket to 38%, 40%, even more, all because it is a low performing page. And I mean, think about this in terms of the money that you spend driving people to your website from all your marketing aspects. And if that is the weakest link, you're spending a lot of money to lose that guest anyway. Yeah, and and another thing, you know, from from the performance side, you know, uh, are you able to create and optimize your content on your site easily, effectively? Um, are you able to move your your best performing content around the site easily and effectively. Um, Google's rolled out, you know, a few, we talked about industry standards. They rolled out two core updates already this summer that are focusing on content. So uh, content is, you know, a, a major driver for your, for your KPIs. And, and if, if you're not able to manipulate your content easily, optimize your content on your site easily, you know, pro- again, probably time for a new site. Amen. All right. What's what's next? Number lead generation. So we just talked about it. We've already driven the visitor to the site. Um, are you able to get them to fill out forms? Um, are they able to you know get through your booking process? But you know particularly sign up for newsletters, um, contact things, contact forms, things like that. So think about it. it, it does your existing site uh, have usable forms can you can you make changes can you test changes to the forms that exist on your website um are they easily usable from a mobile device are you asking for too much or too little info you know are the form fields clear in what you're asking are you getting responses you didn't intend to get because you weren't clear about what you're asking for in your fields again how easy is it for you to change those things if your forms are difficult for you to to change and to use and to test. Again, this this may be an indicator that it's time for a new site. Beyond that, make sure from a mobile perspective that it is intuitive. 
we navigate obviously completely different on a mobile device than we do on a desktop. Does the form automatically go to the next field once you've completed one? Is the form properly structured to allow the user's device to pre-populate the proper fields? That is so important because if you look at the data, we have several client sites who are 75-80% mobile traffic. Those people never saw the desktop experience. And if the site that you built is not focused on lead gen and conversions from the mobile side, you are absolutely losing out on a lot, lot, lot of revenue. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to Pete's you know, 60 second tip to start the podcast is go view your site on a mobile device, go through the process on the mobile device, you know, walk, through, walk through forms, walk through booking, and, and really understand where the hiccups are um, and, and see if you know, it feels old and clunky to you. All right, perfect. Well, that brings us right over to the next item, which is number five, 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 five. Conversion rate. So everything we do is all based on conversion rate. That is the the key metric by which really all your decisions should be being made regarding how effective anything is. And then once you know your conversion rate, obviously backing up to to improve that rate where people are hitting bottlenecks through that process. And if your site has a great conversion funnel. People are going to be going right from the top, right through to the, basically to the hotel lobby, uh, which I could give a shout out to Alyssa because that's an awesome saying, you know, it's a funnel right from the website to the hotel lobby. I so, love that one too. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. So I just mended all the fences that I had. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so as we're looking at this conversion rate and your current website, does the, the old website actually do a good job for your conversion rate or are you causing a problem for yourself? You know, things like, is it loading quickly? Is it mobile friendly? Is that nav navigation easy to understand? Going back to the 60 second tip, not for you, but for your customers and people who are unfamiliar with your property. Do you have the yeah. right things that help that process like a conversion, like a booking widget, photos, videos, all the stuff that you really need in today's website? Do you have that in place or were you hamstrung by using things that were available to you five years ago yeah i mean conversion rates differ right so conversion rate actual bookings is different than getting people from your website into your booking engine so that's a its own separate conversion rate and then the conversion rate from once they hit the booking engine to actually making a booking is a different conversion rate so understand the differences of those first but then understand that if you're if you are not reaching your goals, your your sales goals, your revenue goals, and if you, you should have a conversion rate goal, if you're not meeting that goal, it's it's very likely it's the website's fault, and it's probably because your site's old, um, and and, can, and could be improved through through you know updates through a redesign. So you know con consider your conversion rate goals when when you're deciding uh, whether it's time to redesign or not. Absolutely, and so check out episode one seventy seven, which is just focused on optimizing hotel conversion rates because as you're going through this process, you know, hotels are not, or hotel websites are not just, you build it, you forget it. There should be testing and improvement throughout that whole process. Always be testing. So think about that as you're going through this whole redesign concept, look at your conversion rate and look at what you've done in the past as you're thinking about doing a redesign and build on those past tests that you've done 
to create the best conversion rate possible. All right. Number six, 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 six. Uh, data collection. Is your website doing a good job of collecting data? Um, if not, again, this could be an indicator. It's time to redesign. So uh, are, you, are you able to collect email addresses easily? Um, is, your, is, your, is your website doing a good job of, of collecting this? Because the email address is, is gold to the marketer. It's one of the least expensive ways to get in touch. Um, it's a lot of people's you know, favorite mode of communication with a, with a hotel. Um, and and we, we know how effective it is at, at driving booking. So you know, how effective are you at collecting email addresses? If, you know, if you're not doing a great job at it or you feel you could be doing better, consider you know, redesign. The you know a, a, a demographic or geographic information are you collecting that data? Um, is your is your analytics set up properly? Um, if you're if you don't know this information about you know who is visiting your website, again maybe time for a redesign. Maybe time to look at your analytics, but you know sometimes those go hand in hand. Um, retargeting similar right? Are are you are you capturing retargeting lists? via analytics or via pixels and when we're, if we're talking about pixels how easy is it for you to set a retargeting pixel can you do it yourself do you need a developer to come in and help you are you paying somebody to put this pixel in place and then we know of some uh not to be named companies that make you pay annually after they've placed the pixel the pixel that never moves uh they they tend they charge you year after year after year for the pixel that they place you know, who, who would ever fall for that? That's a scam. Don't do that. <laughs> it is a scam. It is a scam. But how many times have we run into it now? Where oh, all we, the time. Where we know, uh, you know, prospects, clients, they come over and they're like, "Well, we've been paying for this pixel," and oh, it's like, "Oh goodness, that that took a developer, you know, less than fifteen minutes to place, and you pay hundreds of dollars a year to have it on there." That's that's silly. Um, but again, are you able to place these pixels yourself? How easy is it? Are you collecting the data that you should be? Um, and then lastly, uh, when we're talking about data collection, you know, we just did a whole podcast on Microsoft Clarity and how awesome it is. Like, uh, are you able to implement a system like Clarity or, or GA4 um, to, to understand how your users are interacting with the website? Are you collecting that data? Are you understanding that data? And are you, are you using it to, to improve the website? Exactly. And one thing to keep in mind with data collection is it's, it's like the iceberg. The part that you see, which is the email collection, form submissions, all that kind of fun stuff, is just the very, very tip of that iceberg. Everything else that Phil just talked about, demographic, retargeting, user behavior, all that stuff is the real powerful stuff that makes the visible part of that iceberg so effective. So if all I have is an email address... Yes, I've collected some data, but I've been primarily I've been ineffective because I don't know anything about that email address. Once I start knowing who it belongs to, where they live, the things that are their hot buttons specifically for for that person or the persona in which that person fits, then I can start doing the marketing that really is going to drive more people to the website and through that conversion process. So, so don't think about data collection on your website as just the form. Think about it holistically of every piece of data that you actually do collect. All right. All right. But Number seven, 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 seven. seven, 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 seven. seven, seven. 
this one should go without saying, but are you rebranding it over time? And as your creative direction changes, you do rebrand. And a lot of times hoteliers and, and businesses in general will try to take that new brand and stick it on their existing website infrastructure. This can work, but typically you can tell when that's happening because things are not flowing like they're supposed to. Creatively, it's not the same experience that the person would have on other mediums. So if you are rebranding, budget in that website redesign. Not necessarily entire back-end admin redesign, but plan on the entire front-end being scrapped and started over. And it's, it's very important because if you are rebranding, you're investing the money and the most, the most visible way consumers interact with your property is your website. So rebrand that at the same time. Yep. Yeah, that, that's, that's a quick and easy one. If you're changing your name, change your website. Yeah. Amen. So, all right. Number Improving the user experience. So this is just a, a great reason to, to redesign. Um, and you'll learn this stuff if you have implemented things like Microsoft Clarity um, and you're watching the screen recordings and you're seeing that people are really struggling to get through your website, to get through your conversion funnel. Um, if you see your conversion rates dropping uh, or, or just you know consistently not meeting your goals, um, it's, it's probably time to improve the user experience. And one of the easiest ways to improve user experience is to start from the ground up with a goal in mind, right? So with your conversion funnel in mind, build your, build your website around that. That's how we do it here at, at Travel Boom. Um, we, we push people through the funnel and we build websites that have the funnel in mind from, from the ground up. So um, it, like, it, like we mentioned earlier, conversion rates, if your conversion rate isn't great, it's time to redesign. Your user experience is likely something that's contributing to that. Um, if, we, if, we, if we see people just having a rough time um, getting from point A to point B on your site, time to redesign. Yeah. And a lot of that goes back to what they call as a stock car effect, where you put one little piece on, like a sticker, and then another one, and then another one, and then another one. And then the entire website, or the in stock car in this example, is just covered with stickers and changes. And a lot of times, those individually aren't that big of a deal. But as you keep making changes and adding things, unfortunately, a lot of people add things without testing, you end up destroying the original user experience that was probably very clean, concise, and a very efficient conversion funnel. And you start started messing with it. And over time that become can become a real big problem. So again, another reason to sometimes wipe the slate clean and start over. All right. Number number nine 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 nine. This is an important one. New features and functionality. So the things that were very important back in 2016 have changed and in 2021 or 22 or whenever you're doing your redesign there's a lot of new technology that can be put in place to really really help that conversion rate uh, not even looking at the, the the ones that are far away but things like easy uses of virtual tours you know do you have the right things if it's Matterport or whomever you're using for your virtual tours Put that front and center. That's a great thing that didn't exist years ago efficiently that you can now. Those urgency messages that automatically trigger on your booking engine, which your booking engine should have it if it doesn't suck, are incredibly important that didn't exist years ago. 
real-time rates, data feeds, and all the other things that can help make your website seem more topical, live, and create that sense of urgency, if you don't have those in place, your competition does, and they're gonna be eating your lunch because of it. Uh, and then, I don't even wanna get into like the, from the review system, social proof, you know, things like Flip2 that didn't exist in the past. Those are all great, great tools that really can help drive drive demand and, and bookings. And you may, be, you may be telling yourself right now, like, oh, well, I have those things and my website's five years old. Well, you're probably not using those things as efficiently as you could be. It's probably not loading as quickly as it could be. And yes, you can continue to use those cool features, the new features and functionalities, um, but you can do it in a, in a more efficient and effective way with a new site. Absolutely. And then there's one more thing from a new features and functionality that I want to hit on. And this is not necessarily a new system. It's been around for years, but live chat. You need to have some form of live chat on your website. And specifically, you need to have some form of live chat on your booking engine. It is the most effective way to help somebody who is struggling to make a conversion to reach out to you and get some information. We just put this on a couple of resort websites that didn't have it when we started working with them, and they were shocked at how many people wanted to chat with them. And you got to figure everybody who wants to chat with you, they've tried to solve the problem on their own, and they couldn't. And what live chat does is stop that person from abandoning the website and puts them into a different conversion funnel that is a one-on-one -on -one communication with what should be a real human being at your property. Invaluable. Invaluable. All right, All right last one. Last one. Number, Number 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. How flexible is your current website? Flexibility is huge. Uh, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but how easy is it for you to manage the content on your website, the features on your website, the functionalities of your website. Are you able to edit things easily? Are you able to reposition things? Are, are you able to test new things easily? If you're answering no to those questions, again, it's probably time for a new website. Uh, you can create that experience you want from, from the ground up, like we said, with, with flexibility built in mind. Like I, if I want to be able to make changes in the future, um, if you don't know how to go in and, and do that easily right now, well, there are there are systems in, out there now that didn't exist a few years ago that make managing all aspects of your website much easier than they used to be. So consider that um, when you're when you're evaluating whether it's time for a new site or not. Yeah, this one's important because this is kind of goes back to Alyssa's point of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That this is not true from a flexibility perspective. You had to manage your content a certain way years ago. That way has changed and has gotten better. You know, so for instance, you know, even if you had a relatively newer website, your content admin, let's say it was WordPress, let's say you're using just the default editor using Gutenberg or, you know, something like a, a visual composer. Well, those are all great platforms, but even those have moved on a lot. And you have different options like Elementor that make it even easier to manage content and what I always like to say is every time you're, you're stuck working on your website and it's taking you time to make changes those are times that you can't be spending with your guest or 
advancing your property in other ways. So, so find where that flexibility makes sense to you and what you can do to improve your processes so you're not stuck doing admin stuff and you can focus doing on you know, cool hotelier type stuff. So that's 10. All right. That's all 10. Anything that's... else that you want to add to that, Phil? No, I mean, you feel was... like she did a wonderful job. I have nothing to add. She did a perfect job on this article. But we, I do want to say um, that she added a lot more to the article than what we covered here today. So there's, a, there's plenty more information for you to go consume uh, on TravelBoomMarketing.com. Go check out our blog and Alyssa's post, the who, what, when, where, and why of hotel redesign. Hotel website redesign, excuse me. Yeah. And, and the other thing as well is anytime you go and actually read the full articles, we'll have links to other articles, other podcast episodes, research, and everything else that you would need to really help understand why you would need a, in, in this case, a, a hotel website redesign. But any of the things that we talk about, we try to make sure that it's very well documented. So not only can you understand why you may need to redesign your website, but you can also help other people understand why they need to invest in the website that you may be trying to uh, get your property to upgrade to. Well, good deal. That was a whole right. bunch of good information. Uh, so one thing I kind of want to hit on as well is we've obviously made a lot of changes to the podcast. We have you know a, a smaller daily team doing the recording but we want to know what you guys think so you know please reach out to us uh i've set up an email podcast at travel boom marketing if you have any feedback let us know if you have topics for episodes let us know uh, or if you absolutely just love the episode or the podcast in general hit us up on itunes or google and, and leave us a good five-star review not yeah, only and if we, you have if you have a good idea for a podcast and you're going to send it to us or want us to discuss it and you want to join in in the conversation, let us know. Uh, we're not opposed to having having a few guests, and especially if you consider yourself uh, well-versed on a topic, we'll, we'd love to have you on. So let us know. Definitely. Yeah, we, I had a lot of fun with Ryan on episode 195. Yeah. So you know, if, if you'd like to be on or you have something very interesting to talk about, hit us up. We would love, love, love to talk to you about it. All right, so that's pretty much the whole episode for us here. Phil, if they want to learn more about you, your fiance, and everything else going on in your world, where can they find you? You can find me on LinkedIn at Phil Fariska, um, or you can email me, phil at travelboommarketing.com. All right. You can find me at Pete DeMeo on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm still on Clubhouse, so both places it's Pete DeMeo, P-E-T-E. D-I-M-A-I-O. You can find all of us at travelboommarketing.com or go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast for episode 196 where we have all the notes and all the past episodes as well. So there's a lot of information and I really do hope that you guys take this to heart and start thinking about as we're coming out of the out of COVID, hopefully it stays away, but start thinking about how you can start improving your website process because you will absolutely benefit from from that for sure all right so that's that's it episode 196 is in the books but if you have any feedback let us know and the good news is we're gonna be back next week for 197 and man we're getting real close to episode 200 and phil i have no idea what we're going to do for that any ideas 
Uh, well, typically when we hit the big numbers, we do uh, some kind of live AMA. Um, we may have, we may bring that back. Uh, we may try something completely new. I like it. So yeah, I think AMAs are always fun. So if you start thinking about questions that you want to have for the AMA, it hit us up. All right. Well, hey, that's it. So we'll see you next week and Travel Boom is out. I got I got a dad joke for you if you want to put it at the end. Oh yeah. My wife said if I bought her one more stupid gift, she would burn it. So I bought her a candle. <laughs>